In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. Welcome to So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey, the podcast where we cover all the pop culture we love to hate, from the classic reality TV moments of the past and present to the latest Daily Mail headlines and everything in between. We'll dive into all the infamous and notorious messes you can't stop watching. I'm looking at you, Jax Taylor. I'm your host, Ryan Bailey. got me feeling emotions i'll tell you that much welcome to so bad it's good with ryan bailey i am ryan bailey it is monday where did the weekend go did you guys have a good time do you want to hear what i did this weekend do you guys want to go first okay i'll go first um so this weekend was great i'm in arizona still with my family um so i i i've talked about this before and i think we're all gonna have to deal with this i gotta say i don't think i'm i'm gonna do re-entry from uh quarantine and covid that well i am just so out of practice so i was lucky enough my two of my great friends are married i i don't know if you guys follow the podcast but i uh i officiated their wedding over um quarantine and they did a really small 20 person wedding. And yeah, you know what? I, I'm mad because originally it was going to be a 150 person wedding. And I think I would have, my officiating would have went to the next level with that big of a crowd. So this was more of an intimate, I still officiated the shit out of it, but with that bigger crowd, I'll always wonder who could have been in the audience. There might've been somebody famous. They might've given me a job. And, you know, of course it's not about me that day, but I'll always, I'll always wonder. COVID's taken so much from us. Um, so they invited me to their house this weekend. They've all been vaccinated, um, and we we sat out on their uh, their backyard. Yeah, they're one of the peoples with the backyard, and they had this inflatable uh, movie screen, a projector screen. And we watched Ferris Bueller's Day Off, and then my buddy Matt, he will just. I stayed up with him till like three or four in the morning, just watching YouTube concert videos. So we were like at a music festival. We watched like LCD sound system. Um, we watched the strokes. We watched Prince. We went all around the world and it was so nice. I tell you to sit on a couple of lawn chairs and just, and I, but at the same time, there were a couple other friends there before and they're all married and most of them have kids. I mean, it was just like six people. And the guys were talking about watering their lawn. 
watering their lawn, you guys. And they were so invested in it. This one guy had an app that like turned on the water at, at certain times. And then the other guys were looking at that guy like, wow, look at Randy. Got a, got a watering system. Like, and they were all, they all got a boner for this watering system. And I'm sitting here over here going like, Hey, anybody watch summer house? Pretty crazy, huh? Hannah, Des, anybody? Of course, as it is with these kind of things, I end up in the kitchen with the ladies and we talk like Kardashians and stuff like that. And I'd much rather do that. But I, I once again, like, was like, oh, crap. Like, COVID is almost over now, uh, knock on wood. And I'm still like the odd man out with guy friends. I, and I'll t- I got to tell you, I don't, I don't even have a lawn. I don't need to know about watering a lawn and they're all proud of their lawns. And it just, I mean, part of me, you know, just, you guys are my therapist. Part of me feels bad. Like maybe I should have a lawn at this point. What is wrong with old Ryan that I don't have a lawn? I, I, but at the same time, if I had a lawn, I, I damn well would not be talking about how to take care of it. So maybe I don't deserve a lawn. These are the things that race through my head all the time. Um, I will also say I, 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 <laughs> I forgot one of my favorite pastimes. I forgot what a good feeling it is to have all of your friends around and for you to be on your phone. Like I was just on my phone, on Instagram, on Twitter, just overhearing my friends' conversations. And I forgot. I was like, ah, the good old days. You know what I'm saying? When you would just go and disassociate around your friends on your phone. So basically COVID, I was on my phone, but my friends weren't there. And now reentering society, my friends are there and I still get to be on my phone. That's like the best of both worlds. Uh, but all joking aside, I, I got to say it was really lovely to see um, some friends again, to remember we actually, uh, we actually, you know, dared to dream and talked about making plans and that was exciting. Like we really did put our lives on hold and I can't imagine what it was like with kids and things like of that nature where you have to worry about somebody else. Um, I don't know. It was just, it was just a really interesting, uh, night and, and a great night. And I forgot how much I'm appreciative of my friends and how much I love my friends when I do get to see them. So it was great all the way around. And, uh, you know, I, I got to stay over the night there. I called my mom and dad, they gave me permission and yeah, you know, it wasn't a school night. It was a weekend. So that was fine. And then the next day, my other buddy, Dusty, I, I, uh, he, I've been best friends with him since high school. He lives in Chicago and unfortunately his dad is ill and, uh, him and his husband had to come in town and I got to see them today. So it was a full weekend and I, I, and I feel punch drunk. I feel like, Oh my God, this many people I'm, I'm exhausted. Like guys, we're going to have to go out there in the real world. I'm not going to have my show. Like, I mean, I'm just used to watching my Bravo shows and podcasting. And now we're going to have to get out in the real world. You know how many people have asked like, Hey, do you want to grab a drink or let's get together or this? And you know, you got to say yes to everything. And now I'm just like, how do you, how, how do I reenter? I mean, am I going to, uh, like, a, you know, hurt, like, am I going to pull a hamstring or something? I feel like I need to warm up for all of this. We need to warm up for this. I feel like there's need to, needs to be classes. We need to do classes where we practice like little things like talking to a waiter 
or, um, you know, making small talk, of course, uh, I need to learn to talk about other things than TV show, TV show. So if there's any guys or girls that know sports and want to just give me a cheat sheet on sports, I can just like bullet points that I can bring up of like, Oh, how about those buckies, the, the Buccaneers with the, the games, you know, like I want guys to think that's a man's man, but I want girls to think that's a Renaissance man. You know what I'm saying? There's a difference there. Uh, Today is a great day because we have one Miss Sophie Ross back with us, joining us on Monday to give us a pop culture roundup of a lot of the pop culture stories, Bravo stories, the whole shebang. Uh, Before we get into Sophie, though, I wanted to do uh, what to watch this week. I didn't get to do this last Monday, and... Uh, I regretted it all week, but let's see. Let's start with Watch What Happens Live this week. Now, somebody asked me why I don't say Real Housewives of Atlanta, and it's because I usually record on Sundays, so I always think that day is past. But yeah, to remind you, on Sundays, you always have Real Housewives of Atlanta and Married to Medicine. On Watch What Happens Live, you you have Candy Burris tonight and Anila Sajah. Tomorrow night on Watch What Happens Live, you have Nicole Byer and Kenan Thompson. On Tuesday, you have Dr. Tiffany Moon and Isaac Mizrahi. I love Tiffany. And Isaac, Andy loves Isaac. He uses him all the time. Wednesday, Melissa Gorga and Willie Geist. That's an odd pairing. And on Thursday, Yvette Nicole Brown and John Stamos. Uh, So that is on Watch What Happens Live. Remember this week on Bravo, like I said, tonight was uh, Real Housewives of Atlanta and Married to Medicine. On Mondays, of course, you have Below Deck Sailing Yacht. On Tuesdays, you have Real Housewives of Dallas. On Wednesday, you have Real Housewives of New Jersey. On Thursday, you have Top Chef and Summer House. And I got to recommend Top Chef. We talk about it in the podcast today. I just think it is so great. And on top of it, you're dealing with people with actual talent. It's not just housewives. These people have actual skills. So you might wonder, what are they doing on Bravo? Um, Let's see. What else to watch? There's some interesting things out there I just wanted to call your attention to. Um, Let's see. On uh, Wednesday, you have a Netflix documentary called Why Did You Kill Me? The Netflix synopsis for this doc reads... The line between justice and revenge blurs when a devastated family uses social media to track down the people who killed 24-year-old Crystal Theobald. So that is on Wednesday, April 4th on Netflix. Also, the second season of the reality show on Netflix, The Circle, premieres as well, if you guys were fans of The Circle Season 1. And then on Thursday, April 15th, I know a lot of uh, my friends that are girls talk about this show. I've never seen it, but the new, the seventh and final season of the show Younger uh, will be streaming on Paramount+. And guys, I have to recommend, once again, Real uh, real World Homecoming, and they're doing the Challenge All-Star, which is, of course, the Road Rules Challenge that they do on MTV. They have the Challenge All-Stars with Tech, Ruthie, Trishel, Cantanella from uh, Real World Las Vegas. You just have so many great people in that. I think it is worth uh, your time to check out. Also, tonight, Sunday, we had the uh, reunion of 90 Day Fiance. So uh, if you didn't uh, get that tonight, I'm sure they'll be airing it multiple times. Uh, and then also, I just wanted to call your attention to something. I have to give one of the highest recommendations of all to HBO Max right now. HBO Max, their documentary department is crushing it so hard. 
I, the last, like every Sunday, even into all of quarantine, they've had the best programming. And yeah, it mainly focuses around cults. And it turns out I love cults. I think we all potentially love cults because who doesn't love something that scares the bejesus out of and we could possibly fall into one day. So I got to remind you what kind of lineup they've had so far. They had The Vow which is, you know, Nixium related, Keith Raniere. And they're doing a second season of The Vow, which should be airing in a couple of months. They had um, uh, Allen versus Pharaoh with uh, Mia Allen's daughter who claimed that Woody Allen molested her. That was a four-part series. And I, I, I got to say, honestly, they could probably do a second season of that because that's still there are still little news things popping up. But that was really well done. Uh, I, I hate to say I enjoyed it, because, it, you know, it brings up, it's just a really harsh, harsh topic. You also had Q Into the Storm, and that was a documentary on QAnon, a six-part series. And by the end, you know, the guy uncovers who started QAnon, and it is a wild ride. It really pays off. I thought it was so well done. I, I'm curious what you, uh, what you guys think of that. Um, I also always... I always watch Last Week Tonight on HBO Max as well. I think John Oliver is insanely talented. Um, let's see what else. Uh, Tina Turner, the uh, documentary Tina on HBO Max. I mean, their documentary department is just, I mean, you don't get that many good things. And they seem to always come on Sunday nights. So I always look forward to whatever they're going to have, uh, you know, next and tonight sunday night they are starting up a new one. Oh, and they even guys they even had a documentary on heaven's gate which is that cult that uh they all wore the same outfit to uh kill themselves in and they were like all the same nike running shoes uh really eerie and that was a couple part series but tonight on hbo i thought this was interesting and wanted to share it uh they have a documentary called pray obey kill it is a five-part HBO original documentary series that re-examines one of the most bizarre crimes in modern Swedish history. You you had me at most bizarre. Like, I was like, I'm in. I'm in. I'm fully, I, I need this now. So that starts tonight. I cannot wait to watch that. Um, so there is so much good TV on that. I keep telling my friends, I don't know if I've said this on the podcast yet, but it's like, I want, it, they need to stop. They need to stop TV for at least three months, give us a time after COVID to catch up with our friends and family, and then start back with TV again, you know? Um, also, we were talking about music festivals last night because uh, the friends I, were, I were, uh, was with, we used to go to Coachella all the time. And uh, it's interesting. There has been a year break from the festival scene, and we were talking about how you see all these festivals popping up. Like, there's so many concerts all of a sudden popping up because everybody wants to make money again. And they're kind of treating it like this year didn't happen in the sense of the bands that were headlining last year are headlining again. Like, Tame Impala is already a headliner again, and they were going to be the headliner last year. I think it's really weird, though, that no festival is addressing the year we've had in music. I was really uh, shocked to see, I think the person that has had the best, if anybody has had the best, the best quarantine album was Dua Lipa. And I really was shocked to not see her on like Outside Lands or the Las Vegas Life is Beautiful Festival. She must have some sort of plan because I thought she had, she did have one of the best albums of 2020 
And I think she, I, I would kill to see her live. So I will really be curious when her concert dates come out. But there are so many. I mean, like, we never got to see Harry Styles tour. And now Harry Styles is a full-blown movie actor. Um, has anybody heard any more dish about him and Olivia Wilde? Are they still a couple? We've got to keep, I mean, I got to divvy it up with you guys. Can we all agree in the audience? Like, can I assign somebody to be on Harry Styles watch and then somebody else can be on Kourtney Kardashian watch? And like, maybe if each one of the listeners, I can give you a special assignment and then you can just report back to me when you hear any movement on the topic. Um, okay, you guys, I'm going to get to it. I got to go hang out with my family a little bit more. It is Sunday night. I'm beat. Uh, but I want you guys to have the best week ever. I wish I could say something inspirational to you, but nothing is coming to me. All I can say is that we're five days away from Friday. And if we bust our ass and if we really think good thoughts, really great things can happen this week. Uh, thank you so much as always for tuning in. Thank you for your ears. Thank you for your friendship. Uh, if you're looking to do anything for me, I am a size large. And no, <laughs> if you're looking to do anything for me, rate me five stars on Apple podcasts. Always support anybody that I have as a guest. Uh, they're doing this out of their free will. And I really appreciate it. Uh, if you want anything more, Patreon, five bucks a month, gets you a bunch of different episodes. Me and Maritza Lopez just finished the first season of Real Housewives of Miami recaps, and I loved it, and we're going on to the second season. And I think that is it. I hope you guys are doing well, and I will talk to you on Tuesday. Here is Sophie Ross. Hey, welcome to Monday. This is Monday. We've got a whole week ahead of us. We're going to start the week off right. We have her back once again. We missed her last week, but she was moving into a new apartment because I think um, I think probably people were like trying to break down the door at your other one because they were so upset. <laughs> Multiple. Yeah, I think the Kardashians. Yeah, We're probably it after you. Jenner. It was like the Kendall Jenner issue where I just had too many stalkers. Yeah, it was. So anyway, Sophie Ross is back. She just moved to a new apartment in New York. Um, I got to say, there was something comforting. There's always something comforting about your Twitter, but also I love. Um, I don't know why it fills me with such joy. You said you, you said I'm moving, and then like the next tweet was, I'm already in love with my mover, and I was like, I literally, it's like almost. If I was eating carbs right now, I would have got popcorn because I was like, here we go. Yes. Bring it home. Wait, but I, I told you that he ended up texting me and he sent me the link to a short film. You can get you can make people stars now, Sophie. You could tweet his short film out. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. It was I was like, I don't know if I'm attracted to him or if he can just lift heavy boxes and like not sweat at all. I was like, whoa, you guys are so strong. Because like I would just shove one heavy box like across my room across my apartment. Yeah. Like packing. And I was like, like so out of breath. And they were going up. I live like on a fourth floor walk up or that's where my old apartment was. So it was just up and down. And they were just like, okay. They were like these Israeli guys. They were like, okay, what's next? 
And I was like, you guys are so strong. And they're like, yes, yes. And they're like, what's next? You're like, lift me onto my bed. Yeah, hey, like me. <laughs> I love, I, you know, I feel like this is like a resurgence almost of, it's like, it's like Sophie and the city. It's like not sex in the city. It's like, I love your extreme, uh, dare I say, horniness on the timeline. You fall in love multiple times a week. And part of me is like, which one, like, I, I, I really, I spent time thinking about this. I was like, who's the guy that Sophie's going to settle down with? And I was like, I don't know if Sophie can settle down with the guy. Well, it's funny. I actually, I've only been single since like August, since like the early fall, but this is so much more fun doing this podcast when I'm like single and have these like stories. I wish I had more single. I don't know if I have single straight dudes, I would love if I have any single straight dudes listening. I would love to do a, a dial a date thing where we call in and we get Sophie love because I, but at the same time, I think I would miss like everybody's a possibility in your world right now. I feel like if you, if you go to a Starbucks, like in the barista, like just like kind of looks at you the right way, you would tweet about the barista. Yes, you're right. Oh my God. Is it that obvious that I'm horny on the domain? <laughs> I guess I am. I guess I you am. know what's great is that you blend it. You you're brilliant because I do want to give you uh, major props for your uh, Betches article this week uh, about Khloe Kardashian, which was just beautifully written. So you can be as horny as you want on the timeline because you back it up. You have such a solid foundation to back it up with that you could literally, I mean, you could, you could post new, I mean, you could post nudes of guys and it would be fine. Like you could, you could just be all the time posting like guy shirtless pics and it, I would be fine with it. Well, like you'd think that like, I don't know, I would get more because I'm horny on me and I would get like more. Oh my God. I do have a good story for you. Please, please. Before we get into all the, the pop culture, I need pop culture of Sophie's life. Oh my God. This actually is a great story that I can't believe I haven't told earlier. Um, that basically, so I, you would think I would get maybe more guys in my DMS. I really don't like, I get no guys in my DMS like ever, like, because you're too, you're no, no, because I know exactly why, because your fan base is, um, I, I think primarily very smart people, which are girls and gay dudes. Straight dudes are not trying to read your articles and stuff like that, you know? I know, but it's still, like, annoying. Like, come on. It's annoying. That's what I'm saying, because you would be perfect, but I guess you have to take that to, like, dating apps or... Maybe I do come across maybe a little scary. Like, I'll, like, rip your head off if you say the wrong thing, which is true. But, so, basically, this guy slid into my DMs, like, a, a couple months ago, and we started talking a little bit. But, basically, it started with him saying that he thought I was hot and, and jokingly said, you know, feet pics. And I was like, you know, wait, wait, how do we know? Jokingly said he like, he was like, so what's the next step? Like me asking for feet pics. And I was like, I mean, for the right price, like I, I had just gotten a pedicure. Like, I think oh. that actually was the last time I got a pedicure. I announced that all the time. And I'll announce again, I'm willing to sell foot pics as well. So anybody out there that wants Sophie foot pics or mine, I will sell anything like that. I'm sure there's like a market for yours also, but there's a market clearly for like, well, well-groomed, like pedicured feet. And I had just gotten a pedicure. So I was like, you know what? Like for the right price. And he was like, what if I just Venmo to you like $25? And I was like, you know what? It's no skin off my back. Sure. So I sent him um, a request feet picture. No, he just, oh, he Venmoed me first and I was like, I'm not going to scam you. Like, here you go. 
And so I sent him foot pictures and then we started DMing and we like kept DMing a little bit. And he asked for like, you know, more like just photos of me. And he Venmoed me like a hundred dollars on my birthday. And I just sent him some pictures and like, that's, and I was like, just feed pictures or more pictures, like more pictures of just things. Yeah. Nothing, nothing super like explicit, like nothing crazy. But like, I was like, if you're going to send me like a hundred dollars, like it's nothing. Like I can just, well, well, can I, well, this is actually great. Cause I sent me selfies and he's actually like hot. Like now I kind of like have a crush. Well, where where does he live? (laughs) In um, California. Let's call him right now. I live in California. In fact, I can go visit him and check him out. I could I could interview him he's separately. In Alto, separately. He's, in, he's in Palo Alto though. I don't want to dox him and I hope he's not listening to this because I'll be really embarrassed. Cause I actually like like he he actually like just sounds like a he's like a, a nice guy that happens. So it's not Jimmy Fallon. It's not Jimmy Fallon. We can confirm it's not Jimmy Fallon that you're DMing. Jimmy Fallon was like paying for like my foot pictures. What a what a um, twist. This is great though. I see this on Twitter all the time and I, you're the perfect girl to ask because I don't know this internet behavior is that I notice a lot of the times now I'll see girls that really will in their bios, like drop their Venmo or their cash app. And they're just like, send me money just cause. And, and I'm like, is that a thing now where guys are just sending girls money just cause they're pretty? Well, yeah, that's like been a thing, but I always, I, I mean, I, I, what I would rather do and what I'm going to do at some point, I just haven't yet, is set up some way, you know, for me to better monetize my, because right now I make no money from my, from having a following. So I get girls like wanting to do that if they have like a Twitter or Instagram following or whatever it is. Like I, I get people wanting to do that. I always just feel weird, like straight up asking for cash. I'm like, no, I'm going to like give you content or do something, you know. Well, you're a completely different thing because you actually do have content. I'm talking about, I've seen girls just say Venmo cash app and their account is nothing. Like, I mean, there's no, they're, they're not doing any kind of discourse. They're just saying, I'm pretty, just for please pay me. Tweets, for their tweets or their photos though. That's their content. Like they, that's their content. And, and then somebody posted uh, their, their DMs with like guys where guys will just straight up ask for nudes. Like the, the people that they, they don't even know the girls, they're just randomly popping into girls DMs. And I love, I don't love, I think it's so weird that we have this like weird, uh, free market economy where guys are just feeling free. It's just part of the thing. And now girls are almost used to strangers asking for their nudes or if they sell their nudes. Yeah. I mean, you know, yes, that's very much. And I just, that's fine. That's fine. Like, no, no, I just didn't know if you. Paris, like I was telling my friends actually that story about the the guy on Twitter, and they were like a little like, "Oh my god, don't you think you're like worth more than that?" And I was a hundred dollars like, is pretty good. Yeah, I was like, I don't give a shit. Like, who cares? I'm like very, you know, like I'm very sex positive as most people are in this day and age. Like, I don't give a shit. Well, I was sex positive until I saw this week's Summer House, and now I never want to see or hear sex ever again. I don't want to hear pig grunting sounds. I I mean, like, I think grunting is beautiful when it's between a man and a woman or a man, man, woman, woman in any scenario, as long as I don't have to hear it on a a reality show. I don't need to hear a uh, uh, uh. I don't need that in my life. Wait, is that why people, okay, so people kept mentioning like, like calling Hannah like a pig 
which I was like, whoa, that's like a little like harsh. But I think that's why I was seeing it so much after this week's episode. I guess they thought she sounded like a pig having sex. There was like a. I get it. I understand now. No, I mean, it's just it's like a. I just, I always like to think of like, I always joke around saying like, oh, it smells like pig sweat in here. If like, if you go into a room after somebody's, it's just like a stupid joke, but uh, there is something 15 is year oldish. Is that a thing? It smells like pig sweat? It's a horrible thing with me. I don't think it's like, I don't think I've coined something. I just think it's like a stupid thing, a stupid, gross thing to say, but it lines up exactly with Hannah and Dez's sophomoric. Oh. Like, I mean, I feel like they're telling each other horrible jokes during sex, like was- knock, knock. It was just childish. Like it was just immature. Like it wasn't cool. You could tell that they were seeking attention and like being performative. Yeah, they probably were like telling each other jokes. But wait, the part that made me want to throw up and die literally was when we could hear Des be like, push your bathing suit bottoms to the side. (laughs) Well, imagine, imagine watching that with my, I watched that with my parents. I made them watch it with me and- Okay, yeah, going. no, they watch. I watched with my parents, and like, I just it's just horrible to look over and look at my dad watching this and my mom watching this, and knowing that they probably haven't felt emotions like this in years, and now they have to watch. And and my dad is just really grossed out by Hannah, and uh, it, it well, but but it is funny. It's just they went when your dad is grossed out by her. <laughs> I mean, it, it travels. You don't need to watch the whole show to get it, you know. But it is. I mean. Part of me was like, okay, well, at least there's somebody for everybody. At least Des, like it, it, as long as they're doing it for each other, I just don't want to have to hear the sounds associated. And and also, what kind of maniac goes into somebody else's bathroom and potentially splooges everywhere when it's like a, another, and it's a, he posted a picture of that bathroom. It's huge. Did you see the bathroom picture? Yes, everything. And I had already actually seen the house. I found it on like Zillow or like one sure. of the So I had actually see, already seen that bathroom and I was like, damn, Amanda and Kyle got so lucky with the master bed and bath. But yeah, that's fucking disgusting. Everything about it is disgusting, disrespectful. And this is also a 45-year-old man. Like you'd think that he would, you know, be a little bit more in there on camera. And when you say, you know, there's, I guess there's someone for everyone. Like, I just don't even think their relationship is genuine. I think that they're- Well, it is in the sense that they both want attention. That's a genuine emotion that they both feel. I thought the dichotomy though, between their relationship and how comfortable and almost gregarious he seemed on camera matched very differently than Danielle's boyfriend, Robert, who I'm like, I can't get a sense of this guy at all. I I love Danielle. I love Danielle. I thought they were so cute. And Danielle being like, you know, the caterpillars in the pool, like kill themselves. I was like, that is so me on like a first date. Like that is so. But like, I love the fact that they're probably went into the room and cuddled and maybe did some petting or whatever. And you compare that with like, oh, 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 let's go into Kyle's underwear drawer. Oh, you know? Yeah, no, I'm sure like Danielle and Robert had like just normal sex. And it just wasn't even worth the summer house. For- That's what I always think of though, is the editors that have to sift through that footage and actually listen to that and watch it. And like, what? remember remember those, those people that, first of all, Hannah should know how it feels because remember last season when those people, you know, um, were there was a guy eating a girl out on their bed? Yeah, yes. Actually, do you know Remy Casimir? Wait, who? Um, Remy Casimir. She hosts How Come podcast. No. She went, 
So she says that she actually knew that person with a girl that was getting, and she, and they didn't, they showed their faces on yeah. because they had already signed the release form. And I was like, oh my God, that's so embarrassing. But Hannah, but they didn't, they probably weren't thinking of the cameras because they're not cast members. They don't think about the hidden cameras in the bedrooms when they were looking to have sex. I'm like, those producers or the editors saw everything. And Hannah should know how that feels to have someone literally go down on someone else on your bed. And that's apparently exactly what they did to Kyle and Amanda. Well, that, I mean, I do think that you bring up an interesting point about, I mean, Summer House, but all reality shows is that I think as we get further into the development of these things, I think the real show is, you know, during the day is that, but at night I would love it to switch over to production, almost like a, you know, behind the scenes thing where we get to hear production go, holy fuck, I had to, I had to tape Hannah and Des having sex all day. I got to decompress. This is just, I, I feel nauseous. Can I get go home early? You know, like I would love to hear the horror stories of that day. I was talking to Ian Gelfin, the producer of Summer House on Thursday, and he was talking about getting Luke out, you know, during the fight. And, you know, he really is really at this point on three seasons in is good friends with uh, Carl and Luke. And Carl, by the way, announced he's, 60 days sober, I believe, on Watch What Happens Live. 90 days. Maybe it's 90 days. Sorry. Sorry. 90 days. Sorry to take 30 away from you, Carl. But, um, you know, he was speaking of these people like friends. And I did ask the question. I said, do you ever have to tell Paige to get off her phone and get in the scene? You know, and he goes, well, no, we don't really. I, I mean, I, I want her off the phone to like participate. And he goes, sometimes I will text her and say, hey, could you participate in this conversation? And she'll be like, yeah, of course. So I love that there's those reminders of we need her to get in the scene or we need somebody else to get in the scene. But I love the thought of production. I mean, I feel like that's where our minds go now are how real are these and how are they doing this? Yeah, see, that's what I don't like about Hannah and Paige. I mean, Hannah, for a million reasons, is not likable this season. But like Hannah and Paige, just in general, I feel like they're treating it just as like, you know, any like Hamptons getaway with your friends where you lay in bed and like, look, if you look at my Twitter from today, all of my Twitter is basically talking about how much like I love laying in bed and sleeping until 2 p.m. on Sunday. Yeah, it's relatable. I feel shame around it. So like I would be that person that would sleep way too late and like be on my phone and not want to get out of bed. I get it. But when you are on, when it is your job to like put on a show and like, you know, do something like get up. Like that's what I, I just don't like how I'm getting the vibe that they're kind of treating it as like, oh, this is kind of like a vacation for us. Easy, you know, easy money. Like they're kind of just phoning it in. And even Hannah, like with her, like, like you could argue that, you know, Hannah is like really putting on a show. I'm like, but it's not even like genuine. Like everything about it is just like, like half-assed, like just like bullshit, like how they're acting. Like it's just not entertaining. And I think it is interesting that the audience is picking up on that. I think the majority of people, you know, went in really liking Hannah and now has switched. I wanted to read you something that came out this week and I had heard rumblings about this, but we got a uh, Dumois blind uh, about this that kind of confirmed it. And I wanted to get your opinion on oh, it. Oh my God. I've been so bad about checking up on Demois. So. I know. Well, and, and, and weirdly enough, I think sometimes 
she told me that she's actually getting throttled sometimes where it's not showing up in people's feeds. Um, so this was a uh, subject Bravo combo menu. Have it on real authority that Bravo is combining franchises more than you think. Lindsay from summer house is dating a new castmate from winter house male model named Jason. He probably makes her sandwiches. LOL page summer house is hooking up with Craig Southern charm. Craig has broken up with Natalie Sierra summer house is hooking up with Austin Madison doesn't care as she is now hooking up with Whitney, Shep, Austin, Carl, and Luke um, and uh, are all currently spending the weekend together at a golf tournament. Bravo is combining the shows and the hose. And I, I do think there is this cross-pollination happening. And I'm wondering if it seems like natural friendships are brewing, but I wonder if there was an email that went out at Bravo of like, hey, would anybody be willing to fuck anybody from any of the other casts? You know, like it feels- Think about it like, think about it like MTV, like the challenge, how they would always do like real world road rules and like combine all their hot young people to see what else would happen. So I feel like it makes sense that Bravo would take their like hot young stars because you can't do that with like the real housewives. You have to take like, you know, your summer house, your Southern charm. I'm sure like, I think pump rules, there were supposed to be Tom and Tom in winter house. And then that didn't pan out. So yeah. Like, you know, they take the young hot stars and kind of cross pollinate that like makes sense to me. And like, look, we're all, they already have their built-in fan bases. So it's better than, you know, starting, uh, it's like, you know, how movie studios know that if you do a, a franchise or, a you know, uh, what's it called? A remake, a remake, yeah. whatever it is, where you already have the fan base. Like, yeah. I mean, this is, I, I think it's really smart. And also, cause right now it, it it's, I guess, thrilling the fan base sure but they've got to now think towards the future of bringing new people in because i'm scared that it's just the same 20 of us watching these shows and you know nobody new is coming in because i always wonder that about the housewife shows like at this point who is coming into new york real housewives of new york cold like i think i'll pick it up this season i've never watched it before you know i think sometimes bravo shows are so ingratiated with their fan base that there's no way to get new people in because the sheer uh, enormity of all the seasons is is daunting. It's like if I started Law and Order now and I've never seen it before, I have to get through 22 seasons to like catch up. Well, I think that's the job of like casting. Like they need to do a good job of who they cast because I feel like the people that come in as fans, like I feel like for some reason, like, Sierra, I didn't get the vibe that she like had come in with like, besides, you know, the fact that I think she may have gotten manipulated by Hannah. Oh, did you see she came out and was like, I, I take offense to being manipulated. Yeah. I'm a smart person, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She came out. But like, at the same time, it's like, I don't know. I think the viewers can kind of tell that there was some sort of like that was happening. I mean, it kind of was. And I know it might not be fun to admit it, but like it. It was what happened. And Hannah even admitted she went for Sierra after that. Like Hannah admitted that in an interview that of course yeah. she tried to ingratiate herself with Sierra after the Luke thing blew up. Yeah. I feel like Hannah, like admitting all of this stuff on like, watch what happens live. I feel like she's acting like she's like a, a genius, a reality TV genius. Like she's like just producing everything herself. And she's like doing a favor for all of us. And it's like, no, do less. Like you shouldn't be admitting this stuff because we don't want to know that you're self-producing. We want this to be authentic. I think what makes people love like Danielle this season, for instance, is that she's just herself and she's genuinely just friends with like Carl and Lindsay. So it's all just, she just fits in naturally. Whereas like at this point, it's like, who is Hannah friends with? She ever, she's mean to everyone. She's like, 
alienated herself from everyone from like, you know, just getting in fights with it's it just doesn't feel natural. I do think uh, it is. I got relieved when I saw because so did you know they filmed the Summer House reunion on Friday? They filmed Real uh, Housewives I of Dallas. They filmed Real Housewives of Dallas reunion on Thursday and then somewhere else on Friday, which I'm like, Andy, I, as Andy gets older, I worry about him. I'm like, you can't have like the Rolling Stones can't do two nights in a row. You know, Andy needs a day or two in between. But part of me thought Dallas has been kind of a dud of a season. So maybe that's a good warm up. And I don't know if you guys heard out there listening, but Carrie Brittingham, who I hated this season on Dallas, supposedly tested positive for COVID. So she got to the reunion. They tested her. She tested positive. And Carrie had sat on the flight next to Brandy Redman, who was holding her baby the whole time. So Brandy might have COVID. So they had to quarantine in hotel rooms and all of a sudden do a last minute thing where Brandy and Carrie will be on video and the rest of the cast will be in person. Oh and that hate that that would suck to be the person on video but carrie i mean like i'm sorry i know you probably didn't watch dallas season but carrie was annoying as fuck and brandy was annoying as well too so i kind of think there is a little bit of uh karma uh i i don't think it'll be good for the the viewing audience because you know if people need to really come out against brandy she acted like a maniac this season and shouldn't have been on the air i've been trying to watch dallas from the beginning but i told you i can't get season one I think I just need to watch it on the Bravo app because it's not yeah. on Hulu. But so I'm I'm curious. I think it's just a mess of a season. It's going to be a mess of a reunion. Um, I was kind of bummed that they're all not going to be in person, but that's what happens when you still don't take this shit seriously. Like, yeah, we're still in a pandemic. You still got to like do basic things like, you know, and Carrie was so annoying all season that it totally makes sense that she got COVID this week and went on a plane. Um, but all that leads up to then Summer House was on Friday and I, uh, I was really worried. I was hoping Luke would do good. I'm in full Luke's corner. Um, and I know I saw, I was relieved to see that he was hanging out with Carl, Lindsay and Danielle after the reunion, according to his Instagram stories. Yeah, no, it seems like they're honestly all friends except, except for Hannah. Yeah. That's what's interesting. It's like, I think that like too big for her britches. And like what, what we talked about a couple of weeks ago that I think just Hannah is someone who let her ego get good. It just exploded unchecked and it ended up being her downfall because I don't think that she's gonna, you know, make, and, and, you know, people are saying that Kyle, since he was season one, he kind of has a say in who gets cast and he has more, he's not a producer, but he has kind of a producer role, which I was reading and maybe read it. So I'm not positive exactly where I was reading this, but it makes sense that Kyle, he was the one that kind of pitched the show and he's like this entrepreneur guy. So I can see that being like, yeah, that Kyle has like the most power and Hannah thinking that she could beat. It's kind of like the workest twins when the workest twins like thought that they were going to get, you know, that they would win, but then they ended up choosing Carl. Yeah. 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 It's kind of similar to that where I feel like Hannah thought she was the star And I feel like it's completely blown up in her face because there's no way. No. And people can argue with me. I will bet my life savings on it that Hannah Burner will not get asked back to Summer House. Well, I'll tell you what, Sophie, I got, I just recently got a DM from a psychic that says Hannah will not be back this season. So I take that as what. Is that a 
joke. No, I'm fucking around because she did the same thing on Summer House. And no, I'm making, by the way, you guys, you guys, if you need to like start shit with any of your friends, just say, remember, say you got a DM from a psychic and then just fill in the blank from there. And you can totally, should we tell them about our Luke Gulbranson text exchange? Oh my God. Yes. Okay. So, so I, I really am obsessed with Luke's song, uh, suit and tie hair slick back. And, and, in a joking way, but also in a not joking way, because I do believe that he is a fuckboy in a way, but I think there's a really nice sincerity there. I think he's getting railroaded a little bit, but I also wanted to support him. And so I um, I texted him and Sophie and I just said, hey, I, I was like, I would love for you to come on the podcast and sing the song, Suit and Tie, Hair Slicked Back. And I was like, why not try? I doubt he'll say yes. I don't think it's a, a, you know, but at the same time, I think that would be such an amazing podcast moment that just would be so magical and really unite a lot of people. And he wrote back, he was like, uh, and this is private, you guys don't share this with anybody. He goes, I actually was supposed to get in the studio last week. I hadn't played that song in 10 years and couldn't remember the lyrics. I have my notebook here and found him. My guitar cracked as well. I'm pissed. I have to bring it to Guitar Center. No humidifier and hanging on the wall. J45 cracked. Now he's speaking full musician lingo. I don't even know what J45 means. He goes, I will send you the recording when I do it. The song is called, get ready for this. This is a podcast exclusive. The song is called Date Night. I wrote it. And then he goes, this is so key. He goes, the song is called Date Night. I wrote it for a girl I used to date. And then I go, dude, I would love that so much, which I would really appreciate it. And then I wrote Song of the Summer. And he wrote, LOL, I don't know about that. And I was like, oh my God, he's really like... He's the guy is humble. The guy is taking, yeah, and like, and that's and made me want to hear the song anymore. And you jumped in, and you were so nice, you know. And you said, "But yes, date night is the song of the summer. Hot girl, white boy, summer starting pistol, and I don't like you is everything to me as well." Which, by the way, did you see Luke started selling "I don't like you" uh, yes. shirts? And you had that idea first, but he did it wrong. He didn't do the period I in between. Think, I think that the merch, if you wore that sweatshirt, you wouldn't get the reference. I think the merch needs to be more clear that it's Summer House. Sorry. Yeah. And I period don't period. He put it all as one sentence. And you then wrote, uh, Sophie, you go, this is the best moment of my I, of my life, which then I was just like, Sophie and Luke are going to like get it on, I think. And then they, they started. Uh, oh, okay. Do you guys. Okay. And then he sent, he sent the lyrics, you guys. The full lyrics. He sent the full lyrics. Are you guys ready? Okay. Let go, baby. Don't you hold on tight. Put your dancing shoes on. It will be all right. Listen to our song on the radio. Kiss my lips, darling, and hold on tight. I'll love you every minute. I can't resist. So be my baby tonight. And then it's the chorus. Suit and tie, hair slicked back, and it repeats. Um, So we got the lyrics to the song, and he was so genuine. And I love that. I thought this was a song he was making up moment to moment in the summer house. Turns out he wrote this song 10 years ago. Like this is decade in the making. I had no clue. He had been working on this for 10 years, which now I need a VH one behind the music. I need more of the creative process. Cause then I'm like, how many other songs does he have in there? We need an unplugged. (laughs) Well, I've heard, I've heard uh, Billy Joel interviews where they go song by song 
And I would love to do that with Luke as well. And as well with Sheena Shea, I would love to go song by song and just see where they were at at that time. Imagine good as gold. Oh, see, yeah. Like, did you know? uh, Yeah. Could you imagine? I heard um, uh, I kissed a girl acoustic with Katy Perry. I think Sheena could do the same thing with good as gold. Like that would be incredible. It could be a a torch song, like a ballad almost. Um, But I do want to shout like Luke is such a genuine, nice guy. We were texting with him and he had every right to tell me to buzz off and like, ha ha jokester. And he took it seriously and it made me love him even more. And I got to say, and I really, I really do want to hear that song. I really will push it. I will play the shit out of that thing when it comes out. So keep an eye out for that. You guys, I will keep you posted, but he didn't really give a yes or no answer. So I think we just need to follow up and like, you know, and then, well, I did, I did text. I did text him on Friday night and said, "Hope it went well." He did not respond back, uh, so I don't know if he's mad at me. I don't. I'll say about the reunion is that I think with the and what I've noticed about Bravo reunions over the years is that once they realize they have fans on their side, they feel more empowered to like be like, you know what? I'm not gonna let you like like you know treat me like shit or gaslight me or whatever it is. And I feel like now that Luke knows that he has the fans on his side, he'll, I think that he probably got more of a backbone for the reunion. Yeah. Just the the thing that scares me though, is that Luke doesn't have a way with words. I mean, he does in that song, of course, but that took 10 years to write. So on the moment though, if, if he's able, I don't know, I get scared that he's might not be able to throw it back if Hannah lobs something at him. And I believe Hannah will be very practiced. Kyle and Amanda, I think would be ready to pound, especially after the bathroom episode. And you guys, this is the first in-person reunion for summer house. This isn't a watch what happens live set. They got their own set. So that is very exciting. Um, I know people, you know, some people, a couple of people wrote in saying, don't talk about summer house all the time, but I'm sorry. It's the best show that I like right now, but I've got a lot of other things I wanted to talk to Sophie about. And uh, let's start with um, Taylor Swift re-released uh, Fearless, Taylor's version on Friday, which I think is just so amazing that we have now an album that is purely out there at, at, out of spite. And it is done so perfectly. Um, what did you think? Have you listened to the, the new Taylor's version of Fearless? So I actually haven't had a chance to listen yet. I like consider myself a Taylor Swift fan. I'm not like a hardcore Swifty, but like I'm deaf. I've had Evermore actually like on repeat for months. But um, no, I haven't had a chance to listen yet, but I'm excited to. But yeah, I'm excited for Taylor and fuck Scooter Braun forever. Yeah, fuck Scooter Braun forever. I would be curious for you to listen to it. And I want to see if it affects your summer at all. If you feel more powerful being a woman listening to this album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it'll definitely definitely bring me back to when that album came out when I actually was 15. When that song, because when you're... 15. 15 I was 15 when that song came out so I was like oh my god this was written for me well I mean I, I I mean I'm an older man and I thought it was written for me like I mean I went hiking and listened to that the other day and I think I was singing 15 and like people were passing me I was getting so many weird looks but I they, they she put all these bonus tracks on it and I will say it is wonderfully done I thought it was so cool she hired the her touring band to do all the studio mus- musician stuff I love always her ethics behind behind everything. The only thing I thought was I listened to it all at once and it's an hour and 45 minutes. You guys, it is a long album. And after a while though, if you listen to it all at once, 
you kind of get to a point where you're like, we get it. Like that guy hurt you. Like, I mean, like, I'm so sorry, but like how many different ways and different like melodies can you obviously a lot, but like, I'm like, and this is supposedly about Joe Jonas, which um, cracks me up, but also makes me sad in a different way. But also Joe Jonas is now married to Sophie Turner from Game of Thrones. I do think it is interesting. Somebody tweeted that like, imagine, imagine thinking you're past this album that's written about you. And then all these years later, she's like, Hey, I'm going to redo this. Let's get back into this discourse of me hating you. And I think that's like wild. Not to be a bit, but there, I just have never understood like any sort of appeal with Joe Jonas. Like, Oh, I couldn't tell you one Jonas Brothers song. I just find it funny that they're called Joe Bros. And I find it funny also that supposedly there's a younger Jonas brother that's not part of the group. Like, I I like, I want to know more about that kid that didn't get to be in Jonas Brothers. Like, you know, that to me is hysterical. The one kid that didn't get to be in the band. What do they call him again? The Bonus Jonas? Bonus Jonas, yeah. Bonus Jonas. Imagine being called Bonus. Like, it's bad enough to probably be picked on for being in the Jonas Brothers. And then Bonus Jonas, like, I mean, you wouldn't be able to show your face anywhere. Um. Yeah, that would suck. That would um, suck. I did, always think about just being siblings of celebrities in general. I'm like, that would suck to just always be in the shadow of like your sibling. Do you think in terms of Taylor Swift's dating history, and I always think it's bullshit that people give her crap about dating a lot of dudes. And it's like, are you kidding me? Men do this all the time and don't get nearly the amount of material out it. But do you think that sometimes there's been guys that have said, hey, another thing, could you please not write anything about this? Like, could you please? Like, I mean, I wonder if there's any guys that's like, hey, I know this didn't work out, but is there any way you cannot use this? Well, like, I feel like now that's not, I feel like that's not an accurate, like, depiction of Taylor's music now that she she writes it all about her, like, most recent relationship. Because look at her last two albums. It's like, I don't think those were about, and those were about what's his name that she's dating now. Or No, no, I think she actually, she actually now tells stories that are about different girls and different, you know. So I think that now that it, like, it became a pattern clearly for a while where, you know, it, like, was her thing that people made fun of her for. And I don't think that's, like, her narrative. She She wants to be excluded from that narrative. So I feel like it's, like, not as much of an issue. I'm sure that over the years, you know, that scared people off for sure. But Did, like, yeah. Well, I mean, like when you, when you were 15 and you were dating guys, I mean, were you, were you the type of girl that was writing uh, bad or good poetry about them when your heart broke or anything like that? Were you that kind of writer? I've definitely written like, just like personal stuff like that. It's like a good creative outlet. Like I've, I haven't ever published it or like, put it out there but like yeah so someone who likes to write like oh my god I actually wrote like a modern love essay like you know modern love I never submitted it but it was like after a breakup and I like found it on my computer the other day and I was like oh my god this is so funny that I wrote this and I just like never did anything with it but yeah that's like normal like I can't blame anyone for that I was thinking the other day about I keep thinking about the passage of time and I, I keep, th- you know, just in terms of these reality shows that are now like spying in 15 years or the Kardashians in the terms of 20 seasons and how we've seen time pass and things change or things not change. But I was also thinking about love and being in love in the past and that feeling um, that everybody gets and, and listening to Taylor's album is that love when you're really in love or in like, like really that first part of love or deep, like your brain doesn't work right. 
there's some kind of like serotonin or some kind of chemical that like you think like a fucking idiot you don't even like you're you're you end up harming yourself because you can't think clearly because you're so in love with this person and most of the time this person does not feel the same way back for you and i find that so fascinating that it is this weird drug where you love is like you don't think straight for like a good three or four months and then you come back to earth oh yeah it's like rose colored glasses for yeah sure. yeah no uh, it is well so Speaking of passage of time, speaking of the Kardashians, uh, I, I, I guess we got to get into this because this happened while you were away or it started happening. And um, we, you know, supposedly MJ or now whoever they're saying an assistant slipped up and posted a photo of Khloe Kardashian, um, which I, to my untrained eye, I thought, oh, I knew it was on uh, airbrush or retouched or whatever, but I was like, I didn't think anything of it except for, oh, I, I like her face here. I think, um, and I was like, oh, she has a flat stomach. I didn't really think anything like, ha she looks like ugly and fat. I thought she looked good. Uh, great. She looked great in that photo. She looked amazing. I think the, the thing, and I texted this to you too. I think that the reason that she didn't like it and why the family was trying it, it wasn't because, you know, she looked fat. Like that wasn't it. I think it was the fact that her stomach, it wasn't perfectly smoothed out. And she usually smooths out that area. So you can't tell that she's had, you know, a BBL or liposuction, but she does have the liposuction look on her stomach. That's what a lot of girls said. And I didn't realize, yeah. I, I can't spot those things or, and I don't look for those exactly. things. So I didn't really know. Exactly. Most people wouldn't be able to notice that. It's literally only people like me that kind of like know what that is that would notice that. And I think the Kardashians obviously go out of their way to make sure that that isn't ever shown. So that's why they were freaking out, in my opinion. Um, but yeah, she looked great. She but looked I'm, great. So this turned out to be a saga where she was shutting down people's accounts, uh, which I still don't know how that legally worked um, or, or why that was happening. And Twitter takedowns, Instagram takedowns, it, it was affecting people's accounts just for sharing this photo, which I didn't even really see the big deal. But all of a sudden we realized it was a very big deal to her. And if you've watched this season or in years past, you know, obviously Chloe is in a, obviously now we know a very fragile mental state um, where it, I, I actually like, oh shit, I am worried about her because you have people like Tristan, you know, Tristan's fucked her over the public. She thinks has fucked her over. She's fucking over herself. Her mom has fucked her over because her mom has leveraged her, uh, you know, her mental health for an empire. And I just got so confused. Then she wrote an essay kind of back to us, the fan base and explained all of these things and tried to strike a sympathetic tone. You guys, where we should feel bad for her. And you know what, for a while I did take that in and I thought about it and I felt bad for certain situations. But then at the end, and I said this on Friday to you guys, I came down on the side of you created this game. Your family created this game. Don't all of a sudden cry for Argentina because you don't like the game all of a sudden and you don't even have the balls now to set it straight and go, that is my stomach. 
look how hot I still am. Look how, like, look how I, I, what a great moment to pivot and say, I don't need to be a slave to any of this stuff. And you guys are all idiots for loving this as well. The, all the shit we made you get into, like, what are all your thoughts on this? I, I read your article, but I would love for you to say a, a couple things. I mean, it was, it was a missed opportunity. I agree with you there. The reaction was where I was like, this is so stupid. Like, this is so toxic. Like the way that she reacted to show her, her body like to show off her body being like, this is what my body actually looks like. It was like, she was saying there was something wrong with how her body looked before, which is fucked up because other people seeing her body will be like, Oh my God, this is wrong. That like my body looks like this seeing her unretouched body was just a missed opportunity. And it sent a horrible toxic message. And I don't feel bad for her because well, yes, she did not get treated easily by the media for years. Now it's like, they they control what society's beauty standards are and they are more than happy to like capitalize and make money off of women feeling insecure until you know like it affects them in a bad way aka you know chloe has an unflattering photo going around and you know people are ripping her apart because of how much she photoshops now it's an issue but you know like when it comes to like making money like they're completely fine with setting all of these like unrealistic beauty standards like shut up chloe i just do not feel bad for her at this point what's the end game though that's what i i don't know what chloe's in game you're making these hard stands right now putting all of this out in the press where are you going with this there is no competition you're not going to one day win most prettiest flattest stomach girl in the world there is no award for that like clean up your side of the street make sure your husband isn't strained once covid hit like i mean this to me is like this conversation we keep happening but it's a conversation that is so one-sided with us saying one thing, all the public, and then her saying one thing, but she's never done a full, I would, I would kill to hear an interview where there was an actual back and forth dialogue with somebody that was able to go, okay, I totally get what you're saying in terms of, you know, how much you've been through, but do you not think that your family has set these standards up? So you're kind of a slave to what your family has done and you've profited off this many, many times over, I would love to hear that conversation because right now we're just writing words or saying words. She's writing words or saying words. It's not any kind of dialogue. And she puts a period on things when it should be an open-ended argument. Totally. And I think it's like, it's just surprising that Kim, Kim was the one that filmed that Instagram live. Like Kim was on board with this reaction where I'm like, I get it because Kim, you know, is just as toxic with her surgery and photoshopping and lying about it, all of that. But I like to think that Kim is smarter than that. Like Kim knows, you know, how to like keep up with, you know, what is going to keep the brand relevant. Like I'm surprised by their reaction, honestly, because like half of me is surprised, but it's, I just am like, it's just so embarrassing. All of it is embarrassing. All of it is just so out of step with what is cool and what actual like real people want right now. And like, they just kind of alienated women everywhere without well, move. And I wrote that in the Betches essay too. I was like, they just completely showed themselves for like, they're fat phobic. They alienated women. Like, 
I, I have, you know, I, it's not like I am plus size, but even I felt just completely alienated by their behavior. Like I just, everything about it. I was like, it's just, I can't believe Kim was behind this. We always think of her as a savvy businesswoman. And I think, you know, the more I watch them, the more I think they were just in the right place at the right time. Well, I mean, I just, I thought what a shame we have this really cool moment where they're ending this show. What a cool way to pivot at this point and say, we will now set fire to everything that we've done and let's embrace. And you would have such a beautiful retirement. Like think about how amazing it would be for these people to be able to go on vacation and eat whatever they want, you know, exercise regularly, like a regular person, but not have to show your stomach ever again. Like at one point they will have to say goodbye to those things. It would be like the Hills finale where the backdrop like drops, but you know what it is? It's because, and I've said this before, they're not as rich as they want us to believe they are. Kim is not a billionaire. They need to keep making money. They couldn't retire today if they wanted to because they spend money faster than they can make it. They wouldn't be able to keep up their life. You really think so? You they really think never, that? It will never be over for them. It will never, they will never be satisfied. I will say that is one of those things when I, I do think about this a lot, you guys. I do think like sometimes, yeah, it'd be nice to have, be able to buy like cars I want and pay them off in whole, but- I would not want to be the Kardashians for anything in the world. They're so unhappy. It seems so miserable. And it's, I mean, it is so every aspect of that life now that they've created. If you watch the first season to now, I mean, I was watching Corey Gamble try to act like he wanted to eat Chris's ass for a whole episode. And I'm just like, this has gone so far off the rails. I don't believe anything. You throw Addison Ray into the picture and it's not even like a weird thing. It's just like, we've now accepted Courtney's like in her Michael Jackson era where she's just hanging out with young people. And by the way, I keep saying this, but I'm going to remind people again, Courtney and Travis are a boring couple. Don't try to overhype these people that barely say any sentences. You know, I'm sorry. This is not romance. Them each saying they look hot on each other's Instagram comments. I'm sorry. That don't do shit for me. And if you have 800 million tattoos, if he throws another one on, that is not the height of romance. That is just maintenance that he needed. Probably got a free tattoo after he got nine in a row you know? Yeah. Sorry. I just, I get mad about that. Cause I'm like, why do we make, you know, I, I hate to say like in my day, we had celebrities that were fascinating, but like the, the image of them are fascinating. Courtney isn't actually fascinating. It's becoming less fat. Like nothing about them to me is interesting anymore. And again, that but yet we, we still are talking. Even, no, but I don't even hate keep up with them anymore. Like I used to at least like, I never really like followed them on Instagram, but I would at least like stalk their Instagrams. Now I just <laughs> don't care. Like, and I think that that again is something that they are completely miscalculating is like, and I, and I said this a couple weeks ago too. I was like, I think they need to show their personalities more. They don't show their, per- they don't have personalities anymore. And I think that is a major disconnect. They're not connecting with audiences like they used to. And I think it's a miscalculation. Like I just don't care. And I used to at least like, I went from being a fan to being like a hate watcher and now I'm just like, they're embarrassing and it, like becoming irrelevant. I do. Th- I think uh, Kim said this once, I think a couple seasons ago to Courtney. And I always uh, laugh about this. And it, I think it has a deeper meaning. Uh, when Kim told Courtney, she is the least interesting Kardashian to look at. And I said, that is the family they live in. You guys, they do preach family and they are a close family. But at the end of the day, that are, those are the kind of words that are thrown around of, I know you, you, and by the way, Kim will probably say off mic, 
oh, Chloe will never get the stomach she wants. Like, you know, they probably, they do use image as weapons against each other. They're not really yeah. on each other's side. And then- That's why it's like, yeah, Chloe, it's like the call is coming from inside the house. If you want to complain about society's beauty standards, it is your fucking sister. Sisters. Like, well, and then Chloe making fun of, uh, back in the day of Chloe Grace Moretz's body. Remember when she was yeah. in that Twitter battle, battle with that actor? and Jordan Woods she called Jordan the Woods Jordan Woods a fat, I mean that's the thing is that like Chloe I really do a I have body issues I have sadness about these things for myself but like the fact that you then ha, there's a litter of examples of you going exactly against the behavior that you say you you're doing the behavior that you say that has hurt you so much you have put that out in the world just as much as it's coming back to you and the jordan woods yeah i mean we watched that thing go down when it's like she's with tristan still the one man that was responsible for all of this and jordan took all i mean jordan really took all of the blame i mean that those women go against i mean chris jenner and by the way i think mj will probably die in the next couple couple weeks i think chris jenner will put a hit out on mj for releasing that photo i'm, I'm like worried about mj i feel really bad like i on it i genuinely feel bad and that's sad like and that's that's a point when we talk about like you know like oh how great would it be to have that much money you know what i wouldn't like they're so miserable the reaction to that photo and that's why you know i i wrote that whole essay about it i'm like they hate themselves so much like they are not people that we should be looking up to they hate themselves they are miserable unhappy people that are in a prison of their own making and they will never get out as long as you know like they're this money making machine that you know chris jenner wants them to be um, i mean just imagine calling mj and say Hey, Em, you, you done fucked up. We we want all our photos back. We want your phone. We're come to San Diego and we're confiscating everything that you have because I do not want any any more uh, releases from you, MJ. Like, you know, there is a, a tough conversation that Chris probably had to have with their mom and it explains that um, all of her daughters are, are, are crazy and yeah. can't handle photos of themselves taken without a artist, uh, you know, working. Like, I always wonder those those retouches and stuff like that. She said uh, in her statement, she, didn't she say like light retouching? And I was like, girl, that is like the Mona Lisa. You've had people working on some of that stuff for months. There's not light retouching going on there. There is full facial. And I always say, you always see her on those headache commercials for like, what is that headache medicine? She's like- Oh my God, I don't know, but that commercial is always on. Well, it's like, girl, you- and it's the way she says migraine. Like it's, it's such a weird commercial. I mean, how is that pitched to Chloe too of like, Chloe, we've got a big opportunity. Like I love Chris Jenner going around the room. Like Chris, uh, Kim, you're going to be on Vogue this month. Kylie, uh, you know, Forbes wants you. Um, uh, Chloe, um, how about headache medicine? What, what do you think I about know. that? Isn't that I exciting? I think that Chloe accepts like a lot of the lower, like she accepts pretty much any, like those Febreze ads that she always does. And I actually, I read the Kardashian subreddit sometimes and there was like an unpopular opinion thread the other day and someone made a really good point, a salient point that I actually felt sad agreeing with is that Chloe is like a B-list Kardashian. Like she is just not on the same, like she, she's never invited to the Met Gala, which I, I don't think Courtney is either. I mean, Met Gala is a state of mind and you really do portray yourself as a certain kind of celebrity to get there. And you're right, Chloe. Um, does not present herself in a way that the Met, I mean, the Met Gala really is like interesting people, artistic people. I mean, Kim only got there because of Kanye. I mean, so they, they ushered in um, 
you know, it's, it's like in the Godfather win and the third one, they, they, they gave a lot of money to the Catholic church because they wanted to start, you know, being uh, not considered criminals anymore. And the Kardashians are the same way. They're trying to, you know, whitewash their image again and like present themselves as the first family and the, the family, the Royal family, if, if you will. And there's still that kind of, you see these things like that happen this week. And I'm like, I just don't think they're ever going to fully get there. Well, society is just rapidly changing. And like, that's why I'm like, the Kardashians need a rebrand because they are a brand and they need a rebrand. It's just not a cool brand anymore. It's like your, your waist trainers and your body makeup and all that stuff. It's just not like people are like, we just went through a pandemic. Like people are showing their natural skin more than ever wearing lighter makeup. Like it's just not about that anymore. It's not about like Photoshopping and Facetune and lip fillers and all of that. Like even like the hot new, like TikTok stars, like Charlie D'Amelio and and Ray, like they're like fresh face. Like that's just like the new thing is going to be fresh face natural. And all of these people that got all these botched um, Brazilian butt lifts and like lip fillers because of the Kardashians, the Kardashians will never give up that lifestyle, but it's just becoming so passe that I'm like, you're going to get left behind. And like, that's on you. Like, I just think the Kardashians are becoming truly irrelevant. If heaven exists, though, I think it would be an interesting wrinkle if uh, God makes you go back to your original face and body. Like, God's like, I'll let you in, but you're not coming in with all that surgery. Like, you're going back to initially how I made you. And well, like, the Kardashians I- aren't going to heaven. okay the last thing i wanted to bring up in terms of the kardashians somebody wrote uh we're gonna miss you after this show and then kim wrote back don't worry after this show our hulu tv show will start and this is the first uh hint we didn't really know what the hulu deal is we still don't but this is the first hint that it might be another reality show which i think is again a horrible move if you guys are watching this season or listening to me recap it it sincerely needs to be taken out in the back and shot they are so on their last legs of this show it is painful they're doing all scripted uh shit and they cannot improv uh, to save their lives, they are really going out uh, with a whimper. And I do not think they need any kind of other reality show unless they really decide to make this one real. Yeah. So I, I think the, yeah, I agree with that. And that's why I stopped watching the Kardashians forever ago because it's so boring and just like fake now, but that's, yeah. I'm like, they need to go back to being relatable and funny and showing their personalities because that is what made them famous to begin with. Like that's what made them so successful. Like, I just don't understand why they don't grasp that. Um, yeah. and again, like I work in marketing. So I think about Mark, I think about brands. Like I think about how to brand, how to market something. I'm like, they are doing it all wrong right now. Like they are not the marketing geniuses that we make them out to be. But, um, there was something else that I was going to say there and I just like have the worst ADD. So I forgot. Um, But wait, we were saying the show. Oh, what I think would be interesting is Kim and just all of them in general showing the behind. Because I feel like the show just focuses on their like stupid, like fake personal drama and like the stupid fake like stories in the media and them dealing with like the fallout of like a story, whatever it is. 
I would be interested in seeing how they're, how involved they are with their businesses. Like I would yeah. love to be like behind the scenes of like, like that is something I would actually watch is like, like speaking of branding, like I would love to see like Kim behind the scenes at Skims or like even Chloe with Good American or like how involved Courtney is with Poosh, which I imagine is not a lot. I mean, I would love to like sit there and watch say, Courtney, I'm going to give you an hour. I want to see you write an article. She like like right in front of me. It is so funny to think about because there's no way Courtney does jack shit for that website at all. Like there I don't even believe the website exists. I've never I've never went to check it out, but I think it's a figment of somebody's imagination. Oh, oh yeah, the website definitely by the way, like me just knowing how media websites work even when you have like a big backer or you have, you know, like a lot of clicks, which I don't even think they're getting a lot of clicks. Um, and they have like affiliate programs. So they make money through people buying products through the website. Um, but that website definitely isn't profitable yet. Like I can say that with like almost near certainty that Poosh isn't profitable. I don't know a single person that buys Kylie Cosmetics or KKW. I, I have heard of people liking Skims. So I will say that Skims I think is legit. Yeah, Skims really, I, I, I hear a lot of women talking about Skims and I want male Skims. I would love... Uh, um, some male skim stuff. I want to wear something on my legs and my, my waist. Yeah. So like, yeah. Oh, I mean, I'm not going to shameless plug about a brand that I work on, but there is, Please. Such thing as that. there is such thing as that. As, What's it called? So, um, oh my God, this is so I, I, I believe in, um, journalistic ethics. I'm very okay. ethics and morals. So I've always, sure. I wouldn't like shamelessly plug, but I work for a lingerie brand called Adore Me full time. And one of our brands, it's a, it's a, one of our, you know, offshoot brands is called new skin. And it's basically a new it's, it's similar to skims is that it's shapewear, but it's supposed to be a unisex new skin. Hey, Hey, new skin, get at me. I'm looking to promote your product and I want to take care of my love handles. So please reach out to me, new skin. And I would love to wear your product while I podcast and say oh, like, also weird, like what? these two worlds. Oh, I don't, I talk about, tell the, ask the audience. I talk about male skims all the time. I say, I want all of that stuff. I have no bones about wearing something that'll, um, I mean, you guys know I have a gorgeous body, but as like, okay, sorry, not to interrupt, but my, my point there is that I just do not think that they're actually as rich as they make themselves. And I get it. Like they have the money from the show and the Instagram ads and so many different streams of revenue, but it's, they spend money so fast. Yeah. And I don't know anyone who buys their shit regularly. Like I just don't like, I really all, whenever I see good American, I was online shopping last night on shopop.com. Good American stuff is always on sale. Like that's what it's not clicking to me. I'm like, well, did you see the, uh, um, Kylie and Kylie and Kindle are now at Kohl's. Yeah. Like I'm sure, like, I'm sure they are like they, no one buys their shit. They're definitely not involved with that shit. They actually do have some cute stuff, but I refuse to ever buy it because like Kylie and Kendall's names aren't on it. And I actually was talking about that with someone in the fashion industry the other day is that their Kylie and Kendall line has some cute stuff. But basically my point is that Beyonce isn't a billionaire. Taylor Swift isn't a billionaire. Um, who else is there? Rihanna isn't a billionaire and Rihanna has savage Fenty. Fenty, yeah. She has um her beauty lines. How are two of the Kardashians billionaires 
But like, I just don't believe it. I think it is all fake. And the Forbes, the web of lies thing, I think they're doing the same thing for Kim. And I think they released that Kim billionaire news as a distraction because they were so fucking distraught over that Chloe photo that they wanted any way to like get, you know, attention. <laughs> I think it was just, oh, the time is right. Let's call Kim a billionaire. Even though uh, wait, 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 Chris is like, uh, Travis, will you get a Courtney tattoo, please, for the yeah. family? Um, yeah, exactly. Okay, so we are starting to wind down, which sucks because talking to you, it goes so fast. Um, I love it so much. So a couple like quick hits. Uh, rest in peace, DMX. Uh, he passed away. Um, uh, unfortunately, uh, he uh, allegedly had an overdose and then suffered a massive heart attack. The thing that I thought interesting about this, and, and it might be a part of a larger conversation at another time, was I went back and listened to DMX's greatest hits. And the first song uh, I was listening while I was hiking and the first song, I was like, ready to like, all gonna make me lose my, I was like, ready. And then the first song was, you know, from the 90s. And it was literally all about like, you know, you fag, don't ever suck my D. I wouldn't let a guy suck my D, da, da, da. And I forgot how prevalent in the 90s homophobic raps it was part it went hand in hand with hip-hop you had eminem you had dmx and i thought it was so and i listened to the whole album and and you really do actually see his growth through his career to at the end it was very almost spiritual um but i thought it was very interesting to see the progression of a career and how hip-hop back in the 90s came from a very specific state of homophobic um, and it, this is all how they were raised. And I, I just thought it was very interesting. But I also thought there is hope in that of people can change. And I was just thinking about in terms of pop culture. Now we see this vast landscape of uh, now we know, you know, pop culture now goes back so long that you get to see somebody's beginning and you get to track their career and see if they made the proper um, changes along the way or see if their belief system changed along the way. Do you, do you, you know what I'm saying about or talking about? Yeah, no, that like completely makes sense because I feel like, you know, you can't help how you're raised. Like some people are raised a certain way. And I think that's why, you know, I'm from Ohio. Like I know that's why like, it, you know, when people were freaking out when they found out that Jennifer Lawrence voted Republican when she was like 18 years old. I'm like, it doesn't matter. Like some people are raised a certain way and you cannot help it that that is how you are raised. Like I don't hold that against DMX or whoever, you know, it, like when they were younger, as long as you show that you are willing to unlearn whatever it is or, you know, change and progress, like, yeah, that's all that matters. Like, I'm not going to fucking cancel someone. Like when people were freaking out about Jennifer Lawrence, I was like, as someone who is from that same region, she's basically from Louisville, which is like an hour from Cincinnati where I'm from. It's like, yes, that's very normal to be a Republican when you are in Southern, Northern Kentucky or Southern Ohio. Like, yeah. yeah. And for you to act otherwise, it just shows that you are in a bubble of, you know, and that, like all of these people in New York media on Twitter. I'm like, you are in, you know, your East Coast bubble. Like, it's just, you know, you have to be accepting that people just grow up in different ways. And it's like, it is what it is. And as painful as it is sometimes to hear that stuff, it did give me this huge kind of ray of hope or like, oh, look how far we've come in, uh, you know, 15 years. Like, look how 
accepted, uh, you know, sexuality is or a lot more than it was 15 years ago, because everybody sometimes is like, is there hope? Is there hope for like a life or to be who, you know, we all want to be? And it's nice to see that there is forward movement in that. And I, I did want to, you know, so like, I know DMX is probably not listening to this podcast, but I thought it was very interesting to see the progression. And, and so many people had amazing stories uh, to talk about him. If you want to go on Twitter, there's so many great threads, you guys, about the guy seems like the hardest working man in show business. All of a sudden he's like dancing at like Albanian weddings and just on street corners dancing and sweeping up and like making pancakes at the Waffle House. Like the guy seemed like a insane hard worker that just showed up everywhere. Um yeah. Like one of those just rare, just genuinely down to earth celebrities. Yeah. Um, this is big news. I don't know if you're aware of, uh, and I don't know if, I think people will be very upset about this. Supposedly Real Housewives of Nashville is filming with one and only Jana Kramer and Jason Aldean's wife. Uh, and Jana Kramer, I don't know a lot about, except a lot of girls post about her and a lot of girls don't like her. It seems like, and then people were explaining it to me, uh, that she's dates this, she's married to this guy that cheated on her a bunch and he had to come out as a sex addict. And she's always crying about their relationship on social media, which is like, now we possibly have her as a housewife complaining about this on national television i always don't get don't couples like this who she is or why she's famous or anything about her like i genuinely don't understand who she is but i've been hearing her name for so long this could be your next deep dive this could be your next deep dive but i'm not interested i'm not interested her and her fucked up marriage that i just that's all i know and i've been reading about it in us weekly for years and i still don't get yeah it. but also like who are you to begin with why do i even know your name to begin with what did you do why do I know her name? Who is Janie Kramer? I know her name and I don't know why and I don't care. And I just- But it's another person leveraging their family and leveraging their personal battles for fame. Yeah, yeah. I would actually watch like, I would watch, I think there are so many good opportunities for Housewives in Nashville. Like there is a great, like, like Kristen Cavalieri, like even though I wasn't a fan of her show, like I'm sure her circle of, of friends there like I would, you know, watch Housewives with that circle. Yeah. But like Jaina Kramer or like, okay, I, I've i heard terrible, terrible things about Jesse James Decker. I have too. Yeah. So terrible. I actually can't, I can't keep up with all the terrible things about her, but people have been telling me to like read her Reddit, heard the subreddit about her family. Are they based in Nashville? I don't want her on Housewives, but I just feel like there are like just so many other. It would be great if they got like an all unfavorable cast and they were like the Avengers of horrible women, you know, like it's like every one of them brought something uniquely horrible to the show. Um, Okay. So I don't, I wanted to make a confession to everybody and to you is that, and this kind of blew up this week for a side job. I, I clean this lady's toilets uh, twice a week and uh, it's for extra money. And uh, no, of course I am talking about Rachel Hollis, Uh, Rachel Hollis, which is, I have never heard of Rachel Hollis until this week. And then all of a sudden she blew up and I'm like, Oh, Sophie must know about Rachel Hollis. This seems like somebody she knows, probably like the fast fashion lady. Uh, who's the fast fashion lady again that we talked about? Danielle Bernstein. Danielle Bernstein. So Rachel Hollis, all I knew is that she did this weird thing with a camera where she was like 
thin-lipped and weirdly makeup and her eyebrows were off and she was like i am unique and like who's to tell i have a toilet lady come and scrub my toilets twice a week because i i work hard to afford a toilet lady and i'm like great i, I don't see the problem here and then i guess she compared herself to a lot of like heroes like harriet tubman and and people like that what is your i i mean like was she making the toilet later lady watch her shit as she cleaned? I mean, like what happened here? Why the backlash? Uh, you know, she really, she even posted an apology on Instagram, which is always when it gets good. Oh my God. First of all, my favorite part of that video is when she was like, <laughs> cause basically in that video, she's like, so yeah, I have someone to clean my toilets twice a week. And someone was like, well, you're unrelatable. <laughs> yeah, that was it. Yeah, and that was it. And she goes, what makes you think? And she goes, she goes really serious, like snapped. She goes, what is it about <laughs> me that makes you think that I want to be relatable? There was just so much contempt in her voice. It was like, scary. yeah, she's like my whole life. I've been called unrelatable. And then she so you guys, this is in the acting world. We call it a reversal. This is an acting technique is that at the end. And she did this multiple times throughout the piece, which I will use this as a monologue to get into Yale one day. But she, she, at the end, she goes, if I'm relatable. And then she paused and she like brought the camera to her face. She goes, I'm doing it wrong. Yeah. Like, so what you do is you go, you know, if I'm relatable and then you go, I'm doing it wrong. Like you bring a high, low. And that's what she was doing the whole video. And I was like, how did this girl ever get successful to begin with? She's annoying as fuck. I don't know her at all. And I got annoyed within 30 seconds of listening. Like even just talking about a toilet scrubber, I was like, we don't, it's like Hannah and Des, we don't need to hear about it. She really thought she was like doing something. But yeah, it was the fact that she was like, she was like complaining about being called privileged. But then she was like, it's because I work my ass off without acknowledging all of the things that, you know, allowed her. She's, you know, white. She is conventionally attractive. She, I mean, even with those eyebrows, um, she freaking married like a Disney exec. Like she literally has had, you know, a, a very, very, very easy, cushy life. So for her to be like, I work my ass off, like as if she works so much harder than those people cleaning her toilets. And then her apology, her first apology, she was just gaslighting everyone. She was like, what was it about me saying that I have toilet scrubbers that made everyone so upset? Hmm. Like she actually was like gaslighting. Hmm. So was hard. it jealousy? Yeah. Like it was, she was basically insinuating that. Like it was just very, very bizarre. She did well, not what is she, Sophie, what did she do? Like, I don't even know what she, she does. Author, but a lot of what she's written, she wrote like self-help books, like girl, wash your face. Like, ah! Wait, girl, wash your face. Girl, scrub yeah, your butt. That's that's like one of the books that she wrote, but it came out that a lot of it was like plagiarized and she like <laughs> plagiarized quotes from like Maya Angelou. Like she posted a quote once that was like, still I rise. And it was like, Oh, that sounds familiar. Her. So she's been in trouble a lot for plagiarism and she's always blamed her team. And then this time around, she did the same thing where she blamed her team again. And she basically was like, my team said that this would be okay. And it's like, no, take accountability for yourself. Oh, is their team called the Hall Squad? Wait, Maybe like Shaw Squad, but like Hollis, like Hall Squad? Oh, squad. Like the, yeah. I mean, what? No, no, or her team just doesn't fucking exist. And she's just looking for a scapegoat every time she fucks up. Like, it, Sophie, is she a girl boss? Yeah, she has a girl boss and not in a good way. And the okay. worst way possible. She sucks. 
So it'll be interesting to see the fallout or we'll probably just go to the next thing to be outraged about any day now. Uh, last couple of things. Friends reunion shot this week. Matthew Perry posted a photo. I got really worried just because I wanted, to, I didn't know how Matthew Perry would show up because we've seen wild pictures of Matthew Perry in the past where he's had really long fingernails. He's fluctuated in weight. He supposedly had, he was in the hospital for six months for a bowel injury. Like the guy, uh, you know, had like a, a, a Percocet uh, issue so I was so scared and he looked good with all I, I was I don't know why but like it, it would be very sad to watch a friend's reunion and to be like you know for them not to I mean for like somebody to look like near near death you know are they all is even um Jen coming back everybody's coming back Marcel wow. the monkey is coming back uh no I don't know no everybody is coming back they uh David Schwimmer hinted that they will be in character for one scene which uh, Sarah from Us Weekly last week said it'll probably be, they'll do like an opening sketch in character and then they'll go to an interview. I, I, I'm, I'm, I, you know, it's fine, whatever. Um, I've, never, I've never been like a massive friends freak. So I'm like, okay, like sounds, sounds fun. Like I'll watch it, I'm sure. Rude Ross, I can never look at David Schwimmer the, the same ever again after hearing how rude he is. Yeah, I've heard that a lot actually. Like I, and you could see it. You could see. And by the way, I bet Ross was a dick. You know, like we just we saw we saw the funny, cute Ross moments. I bet as Ross got older in that show, he was a, a huge dick. Um, he always was. Okay. Last. Uh, okay. Once again, Janet Jackson and Justin Timberlake are in the news for this damn Super Bowl performance from two thousand and four or five. Uh, a, a stylist was in page six today saying that, you know, Justin knew what he wanted to do all along. And this was his thing because he wanted to to be on par with Britney and all of this stuff. And I just I totally am willing to give Justin so much blame. And how dare you? And you ruined a lot of like a couple really good years of Janet Jackson's career. But like, why are we still talking about this moment? Yeah, I'm like, I'm. I'm bored of the conversation. I think that Justin Timberlake just is irrelevant. Like, I just, I'm, I'm bored of it. Okay, he's canceled. We're done with Justin. Uh, last thing. He hasn't made good music in forever anyway, so. Were you a sexy back lover? Yeah, sexy back was good. And then since then, remember his like man in the woods or whatever. Yeah, it was like where he's trying to be bony bear. And I was like, I yeah. think I, I think I like this. I don't know. Um, last this just came out today. Another Dumois thing that cracked me up. If this is true, and did you ever watch OC? The Housewives. Or the yeah, the the Housewives. Oh yeah, yeah, of course. So there was a, there was a a, a blind item in oh. a Dumois. It, it said, out, it, sorry, go ahead. It said, Vicky G dating. I guess Vicky Gunvalson from Housewives of OC is not engaged anymore because I heard she is dating a 23 year old dude. Yes, yes, I saw that. And I was like, oh my God, I feel, I feel like a groomer whenever I hook up with like a 24 year old guy. I cannot imagine Vicky. Vicky and a 23 year old. Wait, wait, Sophie, what do you, when you hook up with a 23 or 24 year old guy, do you like, do, are, are you teaching them lovemaking techniques? Are you teaching no. them like how to like clean that? Like, are you like, uh, my fair lady in it where you teach them how to talk correctly? What you, what, what is the experience when you, when you take a younger man on? No, it's like actually like a joke between me and my friends that I actually just have happened to like just date younger guys usually. 
So yeah. You're like, it's crazy how that happens. I just date younger, hotter guys. Younger guys like me too. Like for some reason, the older guys just don't like me. They aren't into me. So like, I'll take what I can get. But like, I always feel like when I'm like, you know, when they haven't like heard of something or haven't done something before, I'm like, oh my God, I feel so, I'm like so much older than you. And really I'm like, you know, well now I'm 29, but like before I was like 28. And I felt like so creepy being so much older than these guys. But like, look at Vicky Gunvalson. That I mean, I, I, I Vicky Gunvalson left or uh, was not renewed her contract a couple of years ago. And I was really okay with having her go. I did not miss her. I was like, okay with it. I read that item and I couldn't, it, it couldn't get out of my mouth fast enough that I want her back. The, to, to see her date a 23 year old man and to have it potentially be somebody like Brooks, like a 23 year old scam artist that she has to pay for. I want to see that. I want to see her love tank filled up. I want to see her walk funny uh because she's been in bed with a 23 year old man i mean i i for some reason that hit all my buttons of something that i would love to watch yeah you want to see a 23 year old fill up her love team <laughs> yes i want yeah, that for vicky like, i would love to watch that too i actually am back on like the i don't want tamra back i don't either everybody loves tamra i just i don't no. i think she's contrived her course yeah she's contrived she'd she always just, if Tamara's going to do one thing, it's like, she will always stir the pot, which isn't always a good thing. It's like, I don't want you to constantly be like spreading the rumors and then playing the victim. It gets old. Like that's what she always would do. She would like spread the gossip and then be like, what did I do? I'm like, shut up, Tamara. Like you're so annoying. So I'm over, over Tamara. I would give Vicky another chance. Yeah, I with this, I I mean, for some reason this got me back on board, so I'm excited to see this. Um, I share a birthday actually. Me, Vicky, <sighs> um, Mariah Carey, and Quentin Tarantino all have the same birthday. I mean, when I I when I think of any of those people, I think Sophie as well. Like that is Isn't that dead crazy? on. Yeah. yeah. Four horsemen of the apocalypse. By the way, fun fact: Quentin Tarantino is really into feet. Yeah, I actually knew that. I actually yeah. That. Yeah. Um, not, for what it's for the record, I do not have a foot fetish. Okay, right. That oh, actually, which is that that's what I meant to tell you when you were talking about that foot thing. Did you know you're on WikiFeet? You have a 3.5 out of five star rating on WikiFeet. Is that a real thing? WikiFeet? It, it is it is a real thing. Yeah, WikiFeet is a website where they rate uh stars feet. Look it up, WikiFeet. That's incredible. I but, would Feet would get like a zero out of five if that were real. You got a 3.5 out of five, Sophie. You're on there. Wait, you're lying. That guy released your photos. I was going to say there are photos of <laughs> because I, it's like a genetic thing in my family where my. <laughs> I love we're getting into genetics. I love that we're getting into genetic family. You know, it's a DNA thing. I took a 23 in me. It said I had extremely large feet. Um, our second toes are longer than our big toes. Oh, you guys are paying way too much attention to yourselves. You, you, you even bothered to notice that? No, that's a real thing. <laughs> real genetic thing (laughs) okay anyway yeah that's why my feet are actually like well the website you guys actually does exist and the only reason i know is because when charlie burnett from vanderpump rules came on the podcast i was trying to think of interesting things to ask her because i didn't really know much about her from the show because she had very limited screen time and i found out she was on wikifeet and the wikifeet is a wild website and they really judge your feet they're like plump middle toe love that 
do not love the arch. Like they really get into the minutia of people's feet. And I was like, this is a whole culture. This is worse possibly than QAnon. Um, uh, that's it. So, Sophie, what is coming up this week? Is there, I, guys, I want everybody to go and support that Betches article. Click on it. I'll put the link in the show notes. You probably already read it because I really think it got out there a good deal, but we always want to support Sophie. Is there anything on the horizon? Is there anything that's like pushing all of your buttons right now to write about? Um. Oh my God. Well, first I need to get settled into my new apartment. Yeah. So are you loving it? A bit, by the way, oh, that was the it. other... Sophie on Twitter, after she said she was in love with the uh, the moving guy, she also then did the classic celebrity at Spectrum. It is not working in here. I must talk to you now. Oh my God, this is the best story that I'm so glad you brought up because I've been meaning to tell someone the story without- Please. Like- so basically I tweeted because I was super frustrated with like my, and I ha- didn't have internet or TV for like four days when I first yeah. moved to my apartment, which if you know me is a huge deal for me. So that was miserable. And then I just could not get through to Spectrum customer service. And I was so fucking annoyed that I I usually never do this. But like, you know, having a blue check on Twitter, it does work in your favor when you want to complain about something. Yeah. So I tweeted, you will feel my wrath if you don't, if I can't get through to a human at Spectrum. And I was like, I keep getting the fucking robot lady. Like, I clearly was just like kind of annoyed. I wasn't actually like threatening them. So I kept it up. I finally got in touch with a human. So I just deleted my tweets. They ended up getting like five likes. Like they really weren't <laughs> up for long. They weren't up for long. They didn't make a dent, whatever. They never, Spectrum never even acknowledged them or responded. I get a random call from Spectrum the next day. And it was like, is this Sophie Ross? Do you have a second? Um, we got a threatening message on Twitter. And um, yeah, the content of the message was a little concerning. So we wanted to follow up. Like they actually thought that I was like going to come like, I was like, oh my God, I'm so embarrassed. I'm (laughs) so sorry. I'm so sorry. I was like, I ended up getting in touch with people. I kept getting the robot lady. Like, I'm so sorry. Like, blah, blah. Like I felt so bad. They actually thought I was like seriously threatening, like, like spectrum headquarters. Like they thought I was going to like show up there. And I was like, oh my God, I feel so terrible. I have one of the weirdest I, I mean, I don't have a blue check mark, so I can't do, I don't have any power there. But one time it was like five or six years ago and I was on Snapchat on an airplane on like Southwest or Delta or something. And one of those douchebag guys took his foot, took his shoes off and had his feet just like on the back of the chair, which I always think is just so nasty, especially, you know, with COVID, like people like do that, will take their shoes off and just get real comfy on an airplane, which is just gross. And so I took a picture on Snapchat and posted it. I didn't tag anybody. There was nobody to tag. I didn't know the guy who, I didn't know anything. Don't even think about it. Think it's a funny Snapchat, whatever. Saturday, I'm at my house. This is five years ago. The phone rings and they asked for Ryan Bailey. And I say, yeah, nobody, like we used our phone line, just like, I never even thought we needed a landline, but my ex was like, you need a landline. I, nobody called me on that landline. Said Ryan Bailey. I said, yeah. Uh, I said, "Um, who's calling? It's like, well, we'd like to know why you fucking put that picture up on Delta's, uh, on your Snapchat and you better fucking take it down. And I was like, what? Like, I I was like, what? Uh, And then I went, huh? And then I hung up and I'm like, First off, how did they find like my the was phone's not even registered in my name? What's that? That was Delta. No, I don't know. It was like they never said who. It, oh no, yes, they did say it was Delta customer service, and then I was like, but then obviously what? Because the guy, whoever it was, cursed at me and said I need to take down my Snapchat. 
about the fight, you know? And I was like, what? Like, then I was like, how, I was like, is it the guy I took a picture of that there would be no way he would have found? Like, how would he have found? Like, I, I, I didn't even have that many followers on Snapchat. It was the most bizarre. I never figured it out to this day, but it was one of the eeriest calls I'd ever gotten. That is so weird. With the spectrum, when I understand it, like, I, get it. I was like, I'm, I'm sorry. Like, I apologize profusely. I was like, I promise I'm not a Karen. And the guy was like, ha, ha. he was like, I know how it is. Like, he ended up like, you know, we were friends by the end of the call. But like, oh yeah, by the end of the call, you were like, are you single? What's going on? Like, how are you up? What are you? What are you? Do you, you know where I live, obviously. I was like, what are you up to? You have I a beautiful like, voice. And he was like, this is Jake from Spectrum. <laughs> Jake, what are we working with in terms of abs? Are you 23? I, I have a program where I mentor uh, young uh, men, um, just helping them get their start, you know? A young program. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's called Outward Bound, the Sophie Ross edition. You know, we, we really correct behavior, get them in line. <laughs> i actually make way i'm like i make so many jokes about it how i i like actually do feel like so like creepy i'm like i am a groomer these 24 year old guys but they're the only ones that like i i mean i think there's like a 50 shades of gray movie in here somewhere you know like there is a contractual negotiation that should happen between before you hook up with any of these 23 year old, you know, it should be like, do you have Twitter? Can you read? Like what's the highest grade you accomplished? You know, um, oh Sophie Ross, you've done it again. I could talk to you for another hour, but at least you'll be coming back next week, hopefully. And we will continue this conversation, which is always amazing. Uh, guys, all of our information will be on the description. Uh, is there anything you're looking forward to this week? Anything coming up for you? Top Chef, I'm so excited. Wasn't it? Top isn't it good? Like I forget, I forgot how. It's so funny because like Top Chef is so underrated as a Bravo show because it doesn't have like you know like the petty drama. Except and their talent, and it, it involves talent. It involves a real talent. Yeah. yeah, except I will say the first season. Remember the first season with Cliff, who like shaved? They shaved Marcel. Yes. The second season, but that was the second. Last time they really had like petty drama. Like they don't have petty drama. It's just about talent. Like, I love it. But And also chefs have a very special kind of cockiness. And I always love to see, like, they all seem to have some sort of chip on their shoulder or a massive insecurity where they end up are way better than they ever think they are. Yeah, and I actually have a crush on one of the contestants this season. Surprise, surprise. No shit. Wow. By the way, also, Sophie, if you do, when you do land a guy and they want to be with you long-term. Oh my no, God. How you just phrase that when you do land a guy? No, 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 no. I don't mean like when you decide you want to be with somebody long term again. You could be with multiple people. I get nervous that the guy you're with is going to be insanely jealous because you love so many guys. I mean, that's why I need to be with a secure man. You know? <laughs> hey, if there's any secure men listening, uh, please email us at so bad it's good with Ryan Bailey at gmail.com. And uh, I don't know. So, any Sophie, you are ama- like, I think anybody would love you. You are uh, now I'm just going to talk myself into a circle. So, um, we will talk to you next week, Sophie. Yes, yes, for sure. Can't wait. And also just don't cancel me for anything I've said on this episode. I feel like I like said so many inappropriate. Wait, what did you say? What did you say that was bad in this one? That I say, like say it again. 24 year old. Oh, I think we all know that that's that at that point. That's you know. Um cold feet pictures for money on the end. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Well, do girls like do girls send out the same nudes to guys or do they 
take nudes, new so nudes each time. So that was something I actually made a mistake of doing was that I, I took a screenshot of one of my old nudes to send to someone. And um, it when you take it, because when basically when you use an old nude and the person like saves the picture, they can see what time that it's at. So, okay. so a trick is to take a screenshot. But when I took the screenshot, it left in like part of my like, it left in like the little bar from Snapchat. So you could tell that it was a screenshot that I had taken. It wasn't just like an organic photo. So yeah. So if anybody wants to send me nudes, please hold up a newspaper with today's date on it. I want to make sure it's a fresh nude. Okay. <laughs> fresh nudes only from here on out. That's what Khloe Kardashian is going to do next time. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, but that's, that's the other insane thing about Khloe is that she like, said she's like not going to do any of this and then proceeded to post two videos doing everything that we wanted her to do like i mean how bizarre is it like are we like that's what i'm saying like we should tell chloe when we don't believe her social security number is this and then she'll give us her real social security number because she's so desperate to be right you know exactly she is like a stupid hypocrite she's a stupid hypocrite and i'll leave it at that and they all are i'm not just saying chloe used to be my favorite but they all are stupid stupid hypocrites and again like I've been saying this whole time, they are not the marketing geniuses that we've made them out to be. They were in the right place at the right time. That's what I believe. And on that, happy Monday, you guys. Get this. Your week is ahead of you. And uh, we'll talk to you next time, Soph. We'll talk to you <laughs> next time. Betches.